the three realms of Paul's encounter. You know, the actual encounter happened in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, that is when the actual encounter happened. But in chapter 22, it appeared that the Paul had now been arrested and he needed to put a defense he needed to talk about the reason for which they should not persecute him and the reason for which the high priest and all those people should leave him. So Paul started talking about who he was and all of that. I wouldn't want to go into that. So Paul was now, because Paul was known for killing the Christians, persecuting them, because Paul was known for that, when he began preaching the gospel, it was news. It was like, we have known this guy for this thing. How is it that suddenly things have changed? And then all of a sudden, he is becoming you know, popular and famous everywhere you go. He's talking about that and talking about that. There is somebody listening to me Maybe you didn't hear me, but God is speaking to, through me to you that just like Paul, everybody may have known you that this is how you are and this is your level, but God is going to remove you from where you are and transport you to the higher level where you are supposed to be. There's going to be a shift where God will change you. Everybody knows you for a certain dimension and a certain level, but the anointing the Lord is releasing in this meeting is going to literally lift you up from this realm where you are and transport you to another higher realm. Can I hear an amen in this place? So this was the reason Paul was becoming a nuisance. You know, everybody was wondering, why is it that Paul all of a sudden has changed? The persecutor of the brethren has suddenly become a lover of the brethren. How can a persecutor become a lover? How can a hater become a lover? How can the unemployed become employed, become an employer? How can the barren give birth? Somebody under the sound of my voice, things are about to change. Things are about to change. Amen. And as Paul started describing what happened to him, why or how come he's preaching the gospel? He started telling the people and the, the chief priests and the, the, um, the, the high priests and all those people in Silesia, he started telling the elders how he began his life. And he was telling them that one of the days, as usual, as he was on his way to persecute the brethren in Damascus, then as he was on his way, he said that there was a great light that shone from heaven. And the light was able to strike Paul and he fell down from his chariot. And the voice inside of the, the light was a voice, my God. 
every light carries voice. Inside of the light was a voice. And the voice was, Saul, why are you persecuting me? At the end of the day, when Saul was done interacting with Jesus, something strange happened. And what happened was that Saul could not see again. Saul's eyes were shut. He could not see again so that the people who were with him had to lead him by the hand because the Lord had told him that he should go to Damascus. And when he goes there, somebody in Damascus will pray for him. Somebody will tell him what he needs to do. So Saul was led by the hand to Damascus. And the Bible said they went to meet a man called Ananias. A man called Ananias. And when Ananias encountered Paul, Paul was already blind, but God has spoken to Ananias that I am going to send you to a house. And I, God gave the house address, gave the location where the man is staying and everything God gave it to Ananias. And Ananias went there and immediately Ananias prayed for Paul. Paul regained his sight. Tonight, everyone here under the sound of my voice, there is something God has put in place. There is a system that God has established. There is a protocol that God has instituted. And this protocol is called the protocol of fatherhood and sonship. Fatherhood and sonship. It's a protocol God himself has instituted. Do you know that when Jesus encountered Paul, or when Paul encountered Jesus, and Paul was asking Jesus, what should I do? That question was, what should I do? That was the question Paul asked Jesus. That was in verse 10. He said, and I said, what shall I do, Lord? Instead of Jesus Christ to tell him directly what he should do, the Bible said Jesus directed him to a father. Jesus could have given Paul all the information there and then, but Jesus decided to direct Paul to a father, somebody who was already a disciple, a matured person, a spiritual father. God directed Paul to another man. Why would God direct a man to another man? Why would God not direct the man to himself, but God would direct the man to another man? This is for you to understand that when it comes to fatherhood and sonship, God has instituted a protocol in the kingdom of God called fatherhood and sonship. Everybody that is a son must have a father. Everyone that is a son must have a father. And if you are going to grow 
and be established in the kingdom, you need a father. You need a father. You need somebody who is a mentor, somebody who can speak into your life. Instead of God directing a man to God, God directed a man to a man because God himself has instituted the principle and protocol. And immediately, Ananias encountered Paul. He spoke, laid his hands on him, and the eyes of the man was open. And immediately, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The man was baptized in water, and the man got saved. So the salvation of Paul, God directed the salvation of Paul to another man. Everybody must have a father. There should be one person at least in your life. You know, I hear people who teach and preach that there is only one father who is our Lord God. So you don't need any human being as a father. That is not true. Otherwise, the Bible will not mention certain people like Moses and Joshua. The Bible will not mention names like Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was even telling Elijah, when Elijah asked him, what should I do for you before I am taken? Elijah said, give me a double portion of your spirit. Then he said, you have asked for a heart and nevertheless, as you see me go, it shall be done. Then immediately a chariot of fire departed the two of them, he that he that. And the Bible says, Elijah, Elijah shouted, my father, my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. This is for you to understand. Elijah called Elijah my father. Otherwise, there will not be names like Paul and Timothy. Timothy will say, Timothy, uh, Paul will say to Timothy, Timothy, my son. Timothy, my son. Paul will say, Timothy, my son. Paul had a son called Titus. He says, Titus, my son. So, there is something God has instituted. It is called fatherhood and sonship. Everybody who becomes a Christian, there comes a time you must have one person in your life who is your father. Somebody who can speak into your life. Somebody who can lay hands on you. Somebody who can correct you. Somebody who can rebuke you. Somebody who can look into your face and say that, I rebuke you for the wrong thing you did. You need a father because there are some things God can do, but God will never do. He has given that power and authority to his fathers. There are things God can do, but God will not do. He has, he has given that role to the function of fathers. So the fathers will play that role. God respects the protocol of fathers. Even God respects fathers, how much more human beings. So I, I just want you to understand from this place or from this point that fathers are the ones who make sons manifest. Fathers are the ones who make sons manifest. Anytime you have a father in your life, what is happening is that you are walking Elisha. The Bible says that when Elisha was seen by the other prophet, they said, the spirit of Elijah dust rest on Elisha. Why? Because Elisha was carrying his own oil 
and he was also carrying the oil and the unction of his father Elijah. So they said Elisha does carries the spirit of his father Elijah. Anytime you have a father in your life, you don't walk in life only by your spirit. You don't operate in life only by your oil or unction, but you operate with a double unction, the unction you carry and the unction of your father. And so the unction of your father will speak for you. It will work for you as long as you submit to that father in your life. So fathers, those who don't have fathers, they do not have feathers to fly. <laughs> Those who don't have fathers, they don't have feathers to fly. Mm -hmm. It's very important that you need to understand that you need a father in your life. I have a father, and you should have a father. Amen. You should have a father. You should have a father. Anyway, let me just jump to the, go straight to the three realms of Paul's encounter. Now, when Paul had this encounter with Jesus Christ, there are three things, three dimensions or three realms that Paul encountered. In verse 14, when my brother read of Acts 22, verse 14, he said, the God of our fathers, this is Ananias, the spiritual father of Paul, talking to Paul, he said, oh, let me, let me digress to say this. Tonight, there is a word in my mouth, at least in healing room, I am your father. I am the father for the healing room global family. And just as God put a word in the mouth of Ananias, and the word came to manifestation in his life, and Paul became what Ananias declared. Tonight, there is a word of God in my mouth, and I decree and declare this word upon all the people in the Healing Room Global family. And I declare the word of God unto you that after this meeting tonight, we have had prayers every week. But as for tonight, I speak with the word of God as a father that you will prosper, you will succeed, you will do well. The hand of God will be strong in your life. No evil against you and I will prosper. I speak over your life that the things you are trusting God for, by the word of God in my mouth as a father, I release you into that realm of glory. In the name of Jesus, my God. Huh. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is here in this house. And Ananias said to Paul, the God of our fathers has chosen thee that thou should know his will and thou should see the righteous one or the just one and thou should hear the voice of his mouth. This is the three realms. So the three realms Paul encountered was that number one, Paul was introduced to the first realm we call the realm of knowing God's will. The realm 
of knowing God's will. And number two is the realm of seeing the righteous one, seeing Jesus, seeing him, <laughs> seeing him. And the third one is the realm of hearing his voice, hearing his voice. Everybody who becomes a Christian, just like Paul encountered Christ, there are three realms you are supposed to walk in. Number one is you must walk in the realm where you know the will of God. One of the challenges most of us have, we don't know the will of God concerning our lives. And when I look at some of the things a lot of people wrote to me today, I realize that a lot of the challenge we have is knowing God's will for your life. Tonight, after here, you are going to know the will of God for your life. He said that God has chosen you that you should know. You should know. That word you should know, know, it comes from the Greek word ginosko. Ginosko. And that word ginosko does not just mean to know something, but it also means the ability to understand. The ability to understand. So Paul, Ananias told Paul, that you should know the will of God. It means you should understand the will of God. So in this meeting, God is going to give somebody understanding. You are going to understand the will of God for your life. The will of God for your career. The will of God for your future. The will of God for your schooling. The will of God for your marriage. The will of God for your finances. Somebody's heart is so connected to the things I'm speaking. And I see a transfer. And I see God releasing something to you. I said that you are going to know the will of God for your life. You are going to know the will of God for your life. You are going to encounter the will of God for your life. Somebody shout a bigger amen in the house. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. It says, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So God has made known, it is the will of God that we know the mystery of his will. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. When we read Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible also says that for this cause, since we the day we had it, we do not cease to pray for you. And and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and in all spiritual understanding. It is the will of God that you should know his will. He said that you should be filled with the knowledge of his will. That is one prayer you pray tonight. That you know the mystery of God's will for your life. This is the will of God for you. God, God does not like hiding things from you. Can I say that again? It is not the will of God that he should be hiding things from you. That is not the will of God. Some people think that God is always happy trying to hide things from us. No, that is not the will of God for us. God has not decided to hide things from us. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, the Bible says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forevermore. 
that we may do all the works of this law. So God's will is that we get revelation of his will. What is the will of God for your marriage? What is the will of God for your future, for your career? There are some of you here, you want to know the will of God. But tonight, the Lord said that he's going to make known his will into your life. Somebody shout amen. Then the other thing that Paul, the other realm Paul encountered was to see the righteous man. In fact, Ananias told Paul in Acts chapter 22, Ananias told Paul that apart from knowing his will, that you should also see him. Hmm. This is very deep. There is a realm where you see Jesus Christ. There is a realm where, as a Christian, you get to a place where you, you, you get to see Jesus. You get to see him. You get to encounter him. You see him face to face. I don't know how many of you have gotten that encounter before where the Lord Jesus Christ walked into your room. The Lord Jesus Christ walked to your office, walked into your prayer room, and you literally saw him, and you literally saw him. Whether it was a dream, a vision, or a trance, you literally saw Jesus Christ face to face. My God. This is a realm that Paul encountered. Everybody must walk in a realm where you, you see the righteous one. <laughs> I see the Lord. Your desire must, must be to see him. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. Huh. There is a song, but I, just, I don't know how to sing it, but he said, I see the Lord. I see the Lord. For my eyes have seen the King. <laughs> wow, I see the Lord. And there is a realm where your eyes sees the king. Isaiah said, um, um, he said that in the year that Isaiah died, you can say that in the year that Isaiah died, I saw the Lord, Ezekiel. In the year that Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. There is a realm where you encounter, you see, if Christianity is just about tomorrow is Sunday, let's go to church. And we go, we clap our hands, we dance, we sing, we meet people, we greet, we take pictures after church, and we come back home. Is that all about Christianity? People of God, there are encounters. There are realms. There are higher levels we need to operate from. Oh, how I wish that somebody's desire would not just be that God should pay your school fees, that God should give you money, that God should let you marry. Sometimes there are people who just, you know, the, the, the way they ask for things, things that can perish, things that are temporal. Sometimes people will even stop church. They lose faith in God because God did not give them perishable things. There is a realm where your desire is not for the latest iPhone. There is a realm 
in Christianity where you don't desire promotions, where you don't desire financial breakthroughs. There is a realm where you don't desire that God should give you a husband or a wife. There is a realm where all your desire all your desire is to see the righteous one, is to encounter him. But sometimes these days, everybody is looking for something. And we have, we have decided to boycott the one who gives us the something. People of God, he said that, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto thee. Tonight, may, you not, may we stop desiring for things. Listen, he said that for those who that believe, those that believe, he said these signs shall follow them, not we following signs. There is a realm where you desire God. You desire God. You desire God. You, you desire God. There is a realm where you are in the place of prayer and God will make himself known to you. He opens your eyes. He reveals himself to you. You get to see the righteous man. What? I have never seen an angel before in my life. After this healing room prayer meeting, for the first time in my life, I saw an angel face to face. I have never encountered Jesus Christ. All I know is that I had just lifted my hands and accepted him as my savior. But after the prayer meeting healing room, I encountered Jesus Christ face to face in my dream, in a trance, in a vision. He walked to my room. It is a realm. If all you are looking for is the things of the world, you can't walk in this realm. You cannot. I see the Lord. My eyes have seen the king. The duty of a prophet is not to prophesy. Prophesying is every believer's duty. But one of the duties of a prophet is to bring you closer to the Father. Is to bring you closer to God. If somebody preaches, prophesies, and does, and the person does not bring you closer to the Father, I don't know what the person is doing. In healing, you must encounter God. You must see him. You must encounter Jesus. You must have a face with You see, Jacob encountered God. And God said, you have wrestled with man and with God, and you have prevailed. Henceforth, your name shall not be Jacob. Your name shall be Israel. God immediately in deposited a nation into the DNA of Jacob. So one man walking around, but he was a nation in disguise. All because he encountered God. When you read verse 17 of Acts chapter 22, the Bible says, and it came to pass. That when I was in the place of prayer, then I fell into a trance and I saw the righteous one. So immediately the spiritual father Ananias spoke to Paul and said, Paul, 
You are supposed to know his will, and you are supposed to see the righteous one and hear his voice. The Bible said that when Paul was in the place of prayer, the Bible said that he immediately he was praying, he fell into a trance. One of the things I know that when a spiritual father prays for you, when a spiritual father prays over your life, that he, the God has instituted in such a way that they have the ability to cause you to the dream. They have the ability to cause you to have a vision. They have the ability to cause you to see a trance. They have the ability to cause you to see, to dream, to have a vision. And that was what happened to Paul. And when Paul saw the Lord, there was a voice that was backing what Paul saw. Paul saw the voice and Paul heard the voice. People of God, the secret to knowing the mystery of the will of God, the secret to seeing the righteous one, and the secret to hearing the voice is one thing, prayer. Do you know something? In verse 22, Paul was in the place of prayer and he fell into a trance. Huh. One of your problems is that you don't pray. Huh. One of your challenges is that you don't pray. We, you and I, we are not praying. We are not praying enough. That is our challenge. That is our problem. We are not praying. We are not praying. If it is not a group of people praying, you don't pray. If it is not Healing Room Global Family, you don't pray. If it is not Alpha Hour, you don't pray. If it is not your church prayer meeting, you don't pray. Your problem is that you are not praying. That is why you are not able to know the will of God for your life. That is why you can't see the righteous one. And that is why you can't hear his voice. In verse 17, Paul says, and it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I saw a trance. I saw. Sometimes it is when I am in the place of prayer, then I begin to see visions. It is when I'm in the place of prayer, then I begin to hear God's voice. Sometimes it is in the place of prayer, then I begin to see and I begin to hear. People of God, tonight... I want to release you to go back and pray. Spend hours praying. Spend hours. One of my fathers, Prophet Hubert Angel, was talking about how he, his son wanted to see what he does in his prayer room. He followed his father to the prayer room. And when his father was praying for one hour, two hours, three hours, he was still praying. And then because he was a little boy, the guy slept by four hours time. Then the angel of God who ministers in the prophetic with him suddenly walked into the prayer room. Hey, people of God, there are encounters. Oh. There are encounters. Some of the things we pray for, they are, they are, they are cheap, cheap things. When the angel walked into the room, then he woke up his little boy and said, I am going to raise the pillow. And immediately I raised the pillow. The angel who has been ministering to me, this angel, you are going to see the angel. This 
the little boy. And the man of God shifted the pillow. He shifted the pillow. Immediately he shifted the pillow to a certain level. The boy saw the angel. He saw. He saw the angel. And today this boy prophesied and ministered just like his father. Listen, Elisha was with his son. And he said, alas, master, we are dead. The enemies have surrounded us. Then he said, no, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then the man of God prayed that God opened the eyes of my servant. And the Bible said, immediately his eyes were opened. And then he saw that all around them, there were chariots of fire, chariots of fire, horses of fire surrounding them. Then he knew that they were not alone. People of God, in the next 10 minutes, our time is gone. I want us to pray. And our prayer is just based on these three things. God, cause me to know the mysteries of your will for my life. Are you ready for this prayer? Cause me, cause me to know, Ginosko, understand the mystery of your will for my life. And number two, God, cause my eyes to see the righteous one, the just one. Say, so in the year that Kiruzaya died, I saw the Lord. God, cause my ears to hear your voice concerning my life, my destiny. Father of this house, I declare over your life in the name of Jesus that whatever you have been trusting God for all these years, I declare, take it now in the name of Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Take it now in the name of Jesus. Whatever you are trusting God for all these years, let it be your portion now. Take it, take it. Take it now in the name of Jesus. Receive the fruit of the womb. Receive a safe delivery. Whatever you are trusting God for, may God cause you to have access into the mystery of his will for your life. In the name of Jesus, may God cause you to know the mystery of his will for your marriage, for your future. With the knowledge of his will, I declare, May you be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. May you know the will of God for your life. Know the will of God. Understand the will of God for your life. Understand. Know and understand. In the mighty name of Jesus. Know and understand. And I pray tonight. May your eyes see the king. May your eyes see Jesus. May your eyes see the Lord. Wherever you are, distance is not a barrier. This may be a Zoom platform, but God is there right where you are. I declare in the name of Jesus, may your eyes see the king. May your eyes see the king. May your eyes see the king. In the name of Jesus, may your ears hear his voice. My God, I declare that as a father of this house, whatever inheritance you are supposed to receive, Receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Receive it in the name of Jesus. It is done. It is done. It is done. I need your faith. I need your hope. It is done. It is done. You are returning tomorrow with a testimony. 
You are returning next week with a testimony. You are returning with a testimony and a miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you honor. In the name of Jesus. Amen.